This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. It seems like every day I am confronted with a new twist and turn in this COVID-19 saga. There, unfortunately, every day seems to be some uh, new facet of our lives or corner of our country that has been impacted in an unexpected way. And uh, it was just last week I was having a conversation with a a friend of mine, and the topic of uh, CPAP machines came up, those continuous positive airway pressure machines used uh, for those treating sleep apnea. Uh, I I had no idea. First off, I had no idea the the scope of their usage here in the state of Utah. Tens of thousands of Utah homes uh, have family members reliant upon uh, a CPAP machine. I've been uh, lucky in life thus far to have uh, avoided the need for a machine. I have uh, not been. I haven't lived in a household where the machine has been used by anyone there, and so uh, I'll admit to you that my uh, knowledge has been limited. Very limited. And and so during that conversation I had last week when some of these uh, facts and figures were brought to mind and some of the unique challenges presented by CPAP machines in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, I, I was left stunned and uh, desirous to learn more. And so to do just that, to learn more uh, about what these machines uh, mean in the COVID era, I've invited to the program Dr. Jameson Spencer, the founder of the Center for Sleep, Apnea, and TMJ in Salt Lake County, also uh, founder of the Spencer Study Club, uh, joins me now. Dr. Spencer, sir, how are you? I am well. Thank you for having me, Lee. Uh, listen, t- tell tell my audience and me, because I'm learning just along with them, uh, what are some of the unique challenges presented by the usage of these machines in the overnight uh, during the COVID-19 era? Sure. Well, first of all, the last thing we want to do is is add more fear in people's sure. lives right now. So the, the worst thing that one can do with a CPAP machine is not use it. So that, so let's get that clear first is unfortunately, there's thousands of people that have been diagnosed with sleep apnea, put on CPAP, and for whatever reason, they've found it difficult to use, and they're not using it. So first and foremost, I would have them connect with uh, whoever Gave them their CPAP machine with their physician, whatever, and see if there's things that they can do to get back on their CPAP, uh, because we know that not treating sleep apnea is certainly damaging to to their health. However, uh, when people are are sick, if they have a, a virus, if they have a flu, if they have even a cold, uh, using a CPAP machine has been shown to potentially uh, put some of those some of those germs, some of those viruses into the air in the room they're sleeping. So if they are, you know, have they have a bed partner, uh, then that person could be infected by that. Also, just the surfaces in that room. Uh, oftentimes, a CPAP machine is on a nightstand, and those surfaces could also uh, have the virus or or germs in. On those surfaces, so we just want to make sure that uh, everything's nice and clean. Uh, if a person needs to sleep in a separate bedroom for a period of time, that would be ideal. Uh, the, again, the message we just want to get out, though, is that we, we don't want people not using their CPAP, but just 
being more aware of this. The usage of a CPAP could potentially uh, enhance and increase the likelihood of spread. But as you wisely pointed out, and it's important to, to, to drive that point home, uh, you were primarily prescribed the use of a CPAP machine to treat your sleep apnea. Okay, you're putting yourself at greater risk should you not use it in an effort to mitigate the spread. But there are still things you can do. Talk to me more about that uh, moving to another room. Yeah, so... Uh Again, the the American Academy of Sleep Medicine recommends that people never go a night without their CPAP. So rather than just saying, well, hey, I'm sick or I, I, you know, they're kind hearted and they do they don't want to potentially put their family at risk. The best thing to do would just be to go into another room if that's possible. And then the the, the person who is sick, they're not going to reinfect themselves. Uh, That's not going to happen if they are just cleaning their CPAP machine normally. So that's probably the best method is just to kind of separate from the rest of the family there. And then just to use common sense cleaning uh, methods uh, to to make sure that uh, that there that there's no unintentional spread. Again, that's our goal here is just to try to keep it uh, from spreading to the rest of the family. Uh, and that, of course, is if you, you know, if, if you're COVID positive, you know, if you've taken a test, it exactly. comes back positive, or if you're symptomatic and you're going through any of the, uh, you know, the normal kind of distancing protocols that we've, you know, learned otherwise. Well, and that's the thing too, Lee, is it's it's not just about COVID. So COVID has made this front page news, obviously, for forever here. But it's how it came to uh, my attention. This, exactly. This goes with with normal flus, or even common colds, any illness that can be spread. And we all know that when someone in the house gets sick, we, we do certain, you know, our, our own protocols and whip out the Lysol and we do things like that. And, and this is just something that we want to get the word out that there's, there's something that people should be considering. And then also uh, with what we do in our practice, we use oral appliances, uh, which are just mouthpieces that the patient wears. So a lot of our patients who love their CPAP they'll actually have a backup. They'll have an oral appliance to use in these types of situations where it may be, you know, they may not have an option to go into another room or something like that. So they'll have a backup device for just these kind of times that we're talking about where they may not be able to use their CPAP for a few days. We're speaking with Dr. Jameson Spencer, the founder of the Center for Sleep Apnea and TMJ in Salt Lake County and also uh, founder of the Spencer Study Club, uh, talking to something that honestly, and I'll admit to you, ha- has come to my attention for the very first time. I've been lucky in life thus far to avoid uh, any of the circumstances that may lead to reliance on a CPAP machine during sleep. Uh, but it turns out uh, that many of you, in fact, some of you are texting in right now. One text says here, I've been using a CPAP machine for uh, more than 25 years. Uh, the uses of such machine uh, may create uh, some unique challenges uh, in this COVID era and whenever you may be uh, infected with some kind of virus. Uh, lastly, doctor, uh, we've got about 30 seconds to go. Uh, give, the, give the one piece of best advice to these uh, machine users how to keep themselves and others safe. Well, if at all possible, like we already covered, Lee, if they can separate themselves from the rest of the family, that would be great. Uh, also, a lot of our patients, they get stuffed up and they, they have a difficulty using it there, too. So considering having some sort of backup would absolutely be ideal. Outstanding. And you make reference to these oral appliances, something folks that you treat use quite often. 
Exactly. Dr. Spencer, thank you so much for your insight here. Uh, let me ask you, what, what's your experience been? 57500 to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We're going to take a, a break here in just a moment. And when we return, uh, fascinating findings. We talked earlier in the month about something dubbed the Fauci effect, meaning that so many young people are deciding to enter the field of medicine, approaching and applying for medical school, more so than years past. Well, that's a good thing because on the other side of the coin, we are finding a historically high number of doctors who are leaving the field. Why is that? And are there enough medical school applicants to make up the difference? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.